Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 74 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Marico. 74 episodes, and yet you can still shimmy to this jingle. Are I you am for real? Still getting down to this song. I'm <laughs> happy I'm in a swivel chair right now because <laughs> I'm taking full advantage. I wish he truly, he's just swiveling to the left, <laughs> swiveling to the right with a lot of head nodding. That's going I'm, on. I'm <laughs> enjoying it. I still like this theme, even though we do have to get a new one because a lot of people hate it. But I still, I still get it. Remember, a kick we out had a new one for one day and then we were like, meh. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, tur- it turns out jazz drumming is way more difficult than we thought it was going to be. It's just like too early in the morning, too. To yeah, they busted out the dr- um, drums, and we're like, mm, it's too early. Can't do it. Can't do it right now. <laughs> so happy. It's not raining, is it? Mm, probably is. Oh. <laughs> it's way it's been. I honestly, I'm not even so sure. Far. But can I tell you that I'm not mad at the rain anymore at no? all? No, I've made complete peace. You're just disappointed? Not even. I'm A-OK with it because I don't know if you saw, but in Chennai, India, Mm -hmm. which is India's sixth largest city, it has five million people working there, and they are almost 100% out of water. Really? It's not good. I don't understand why we're not talking about this more. Like, all of their reservoirs are bone dry. So, like, what is going to happen to five million people? Mm, I don't know. Drinking blood, maybe? Going full vampire on it. I mean, this is really terrible because they're usually they rely on monsoon rains, which I think came to Buffalo instead yeah. of there. Um, so they are just out of water. So I, I don't know. You can S- see in satellite photos, it's really crazy. Everything just looks like a desert. S- so stupid monsoon rains getting lost. <laughs> yeah, where you go? But I, I'm just like not as angry. I was like, okay, you know what? Too much rain is better than. Not enough rain. I mean, but we got this whole lake of fresh water, like, right here. Where we're fine, and there's snow for half of the year. I mean, we're going to be cool. So you're, you're still complaining. We don't need these monsoons columbusing halfway around the world and ending up in the wrong spot again. Wow, we you not need you stopped swiveling and got really serious well, really quickly. Well, I stopped swiveling because we lost the theme song. If we were playing <laughs> oh, the whole right, time, just the, I'd still the be thing. bouncing. <laughs> okay. Very uh, distracting to hear that squeaking, too. Also, did you see that um, this coming weekend, so sorry, everybody, it happened already. It was awesome. In your past. Um, but they are doing, they're accepting headshots and whatnot for extras for A Quiet Place too. So you know we're going to be there, folks, getting uh, into that movie. Getting really, killed by aliens, I I'm really sure. I really can't decide if I want to go because I'd have to like get up in the morning and go what, is do you that. serious right now? Here's the thing. As much as I love John Krasinski, I'm not going to like be able to speak to him if I'm an extra. And I've been an extra in like dozens and dozens of things. And it's the worst. I mean, it's the most boring day ever. Yeah, but this one is you're going to die. You're going to be a, somebody that's getting eaten by a Maybe monster. I could just be in the past and just be like a person who's like walking down the street to a store. That's what extra work is. You're not Maybe, but doing I mean, anything. <laughs> this movie is literally about like the invasion, like from everything that's come out about it. So yeah, it's true. You probably want to be like, ah. <laughs> and if you get like a, if you're really good at dying, you know, you might get some one-on-one time with the director. He's got to be there to film some of it. Yeah, like, no, he'll he'll be there. I don't. You just don't understand how extras work. Just yell. They work is equal to right, like the car that's in the background. 
is the same as the person in the background. Like it's my, as not important. My experience <laughs> with extra work was Poultrygeist, so it's kind of on a different. What do you mean? You were level. in Poultrygeist? Yeah, like everybody do like that casting call. Like come on down and hang around and do a trauma movie. I just, don't know when was this. Oh my God! When that movie came out, it had to be. 10 it years was filmed ago. here. Yeah, at oh. the uh, at the KFC on. Uh, Michigan and oh, uh, that's Delaware. scary enough right there. That KFC. It's pretty horrifying. Um, so you're in the movie. Do you see yourself? No, I'm. I didn't make the um the cut. I'm oh, just like, what? I was just like an extra scene. And I'm standing off to the side, and they're just like, look surprised. I'm like, oh. <laughs> you ever see that terrible movie? By the way, <laughs> no. Oh, boy, it is rough. Well, you're lucky. You dodged. A, you dodged a bullet. It's a movie about a zombie chicken that comes to life and starts killing people. Oh, in full trauma style. So you know what that means. Oh. Yeah, it's, you, you dodged a zombie bullet. I did dodge a zombie bullet. Actually, Good for I didn't you. have to be in a terrible movie that I'm pretty sure sh- uh, Screech is in. Oh, Dustin Diamond. I'm pretty sure he's in that movie for no good reason. You know, he did a stand-up routine once, and the entire time he just talked about what a terrible person and how much he hates Mark Paul Gossinger. Really? <laughs> like, yeah, he's still so jealous of Zach Morris. Yeah, you know what I heard uh, Mark Paul Gossinger's response to that was? Who's Dustin Diamond? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Went back to filming CSI or whatever year-long um, show he's on now. He was on NYPD Blue. I told Is you that story about how I met him, right? I feel like I did. Well, Mark Paul Gosselaar? No. Yeah. Is he oh. really blonde or bl- um, black hair? He had black hair. he had black hair at the time. I guess I'll just throw this story in because sure. it's like my favorite ever. But um, I was an extra on, on NYPD Blue. Again, it was a really long and super boring day because that's what extra work is. So they sent most people home and then they kept a couple extra people they thought they'd need. And they had us kind of sitting in this hotel lobby until they'd need us to come outside, yada, yada. But it was so long and they didn't use this. I ended up falling asleep on the couch inside nice. this lobby. The full the full Snyder. And I woke up to someone like gently pushing my shoulder like, hey, we're all done. And I opened my eyes and who is it? It's Mark Paul. And I was like, yo. So because everybody was gone, we ended up sitting around. It was like me and him, some other girl. Um, and we were having like hot chocolate or something and just chatting about his life and this and that. And we were talking mm. about Saved by the Bell. And he was talking about how traumatic it was on him and how difficult it was because he's like, I was actually like a really shy dude and I was like going through puberty and I was on camera and it was like really horrific for me because everywhere I'd go, people would like follow me and da 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 on and on complaining. And I was like, okay, 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 yeah. Like I get what you're saying. I was like, but like, dude, you're Zach Morris. And he goes, <laughs> this is my favorite. He put his hand like on my arm and he's like, no, I'm just Mark Paul. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Oh boy, the guy's working an angle, and then you like throw cold water on it, and he's just like, "I'm gonna hit you with the most Hollywood line." I it possibly was could. so I like called my friend immediately, and I was I was like, I just hung out with Mark Paul. She's like, "I hope you're going steady," and I was like, "I'm pretty sure that we are." But he actually was super hot in real life. I believe he's an actor. That's kind of goes with the territory. No, unless you're Clint Howard, you usually gotta be pretty attractive to get in front of the screen all that much. I would imagine. So yes, that's my, I pretty much dated Mark Paul. Oh, well, there you go. It was a rough breakup for you two. Him and and AC will never be, never be able to be in the same room again. So good.
and I really enjoyed that while we were filming that day because like it's on a regular road so which is funny in LA and it's NYPD blue but anyway some car was driving by with a bunch of dudes who noticed they were filming and they were just like Detective Sipowitz which was great because that was his character name I hope that dude's like wait yeah I hope he like while they're filming he's like hey yeah I was like oh you could actually leave it in because they didn't say his real name they said like his character name they stayed in character if you're the director you're like that's staying in right there mark that (laughs) that one is gonna make it feel more real (laughs) okay Look at, look at you just hanging out with Mark Paul Gossler, Jennifer Aniston's your BFF. <laughs> That's right. I make it sound like extra work was good. It really wasn't. It was really terrible. It was awful. And I did it for so about, long. I don't you're know You're about to break up Krasinski <laughs> and Emily Blunt. I would never do that. I don't actually have an interest in that. I really just want both of them to come over and play board games. That's what I'm really going for. Oh, well, board games with happen. them. I just need like a solid 10 minutes to look at his face. Okay. There's a lot of times I find people really attractive. I'm like, if I could just look at them... Until I feel satiated, you then, you change then I'm mind. done. Then I'm just like, oh, I got, I got my fill. I'm good. Well, see, so you, you, you look <laughs> at him for ten minutes, and then you look at Emily Blunt for the next ten minutes, and then you go forgot about him. You go. Back. I would it's literally an, be in love with her. Then it's a never-ending <laughs> cycle, and then she starts talking. Forget about it. It's we'll, true that we'll, accent. We'll, we'll lose you from the show forever. You'd uh-huh. be like, I'm just, I am now a roadie for. I wrote it just for two humans. I, just, Bl- I think that's Bl- called a stalker. We'll call him Blazinski because I can't think of anything else better right I now. I think he called them Crunt before. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Let's go with Blazinski on that one. I don't, I don't trust that other one. Um. Okay, we should probably we should probably focus on here. We actually have here. a theme this week. There's actually a whole point Well, because show. it's pretend summer. I mean, it is technically summer. Not Is it? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, We're actually like right today. Literally, as we record, okay, I believe it's the first day of summer. Um, we wanted to talk about some upcoming summer books because summer is a huge reading time. I mean, we feel that the best time to read is all the time. Sure. But I think summer is is really big for that. People like their quote-unquote beach reads, which I don't know what that means. I just assume any book that you can bring to the beach is a beach read. Um, I but, just, yeah. I just had my nice, relaxing beach read myself, reading Fahrenheit 451 for the first <laughs> it's time. It's definitely not a beach read, but not it, it nice involves warmth. Yes. It, well, yeah, I mean, it really blows I up can't believe you just read that for the first time. Neither can I. I like, I was reading. I'm like, it's actually a good book. I even this saw the movie before I read the book. So. Oh, I heard them. You said the movie was bad, right? Well, it was okay. I thought it was okay. Then I read the book, and I went back to watch some of the movie, and I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I just because the they had, were made. Just because they have, uh, you know. The two main actors whose names are forgetting. Oh, Michael, Michael B- Shannon and Michael B. Jordan. Thank you. The, the Michaels. Boom. The double Michaels. <laughs> the double Michaels. They're both really good in it, but the story is a little rough. All right. Let's, we got to, we got to get in it. So we want to recommend, these are some upcoming summer books. A couple might have just been released, but for the most part, they're coming out in July and August. And these are the ones that are getting the biggest buzz. So get your pens out. And start jotting. Ideally, or in the show notes, you can always click on the link. It'll take you right to the catalog. We do all the heavy lifting yeah, for you. You know, you might want to get some paper, too. You don't want to, like, just write on your arms. Might, Why not? There's a short-term answer. You're going to have to use soap eventually. Mm, I hope. Debatable. Okay. Why don't, we, why don't we get right into it? Okay. So there is a new book coming out by Colson Whitehead. He had a huge year. He won the Pulitzer Prize and National Book Award for his previous novel, which was The Underground Railroad, oh. um, which was a great book. And his new one is called The Nickel Boys, where he's kind of returning to another pivotal and painful setting in American history, which is a reform school for boys in the Jim Crow era South. Um I feel like this book's got a lot of good early press. It should kind of further cement him as one of, I think, the generation's best. But the plot of the story is that as the civil rights movement 
begins to reach the black enclave of Frenchtown in segregated Tallahassee. The main character is Elwood Curtis, and he takes the word of Dr. Martin Luther King to heart. He is as good as anyone, and so abandoned by his parents, but kept on the straight and narrow by his grandmother, Elwood is about to enroll in the local black college. But, of course, for a black boy in the Jim Crow South of the early 1960s, one innocent mistake that he makes is enough to destroy his future, and he is sentenced to a juvenile reformatory called Nickel Academy, um, whose mission statement says it is to provide physical, intellectual, and moral training so that the delinquent boys um, in their charge can become honorable and honest men. But, of course, in reality, this Nickel Academy is a grotesque, just chamber of horrors with sadistic staff. They beat and sexually abuse the students, and there's corrupt officials that steal food and supplies. Um, But, I mean, it's really terrible, and it is um, based on the real story of a reform school in Florida that operated for 111 years and just warped the life of thousands of children. Florida, let me tell you. I mean, it's it's all over, but this book, I mean, as you can tell from the description, is going to be really heavy. Yeah, I'd say so. I can't, I can't wait to be sitting on a beach reading it. It's going to Well, be- maybe maybe this one is is not for that. But like I said, he's a, a really fantastic writer and you're covering periods of history that, you know, we can no longer just ignore. So I think it's really important for people to read them and just have a better understanding of everything. So I think that's going to be a big one. So write down Nickel Boys, grab it when it comes out. I was worried when you first started talking about that. I was like, is this about male Nickelback fans? Because if it is, I am not okay with your choice. Your books. your humor is not appreciated after such a serious title. <laughs> well, it's something to think about. Boo. Could be worse. Boo. Come <laughs> on. Just give us what else is coming out. All right. I'm going to go with another happy book by Kristen Arnett. It's called Mostly Dead Things. <laughs> That's a great title. It's, it's a great title. And then when you're going to love what it's about, too. So it's a weird black comedy uh, about this girl, Jessie Lynn, who's taking over her dirt, der- her, her dad's taxidermy service Ooh. after he kills himself in that very shop. Boo. No word if she taxidermies him, although I personally <laughs> hope that she does. I want a full weekend at Bernie's scenario okay. here. Um, you know, but then his death and her taking over the business and coming home. It kind of leads to like, you know, your typical family resentments. There's probably somebody that's like, I can do a squirrel better than you. And then I want to take <laughs> over. So stupid. And. You know, secrets coming to the surface. So I'm sure there's probably like, you know. Well, it's always one of those, I bet, those like coming home novels, like whenever yeah. someone comes home after being gone. and Yeah, it's like stuff I never told you. Like, oh, we got a, your brothers who live in next door is the person with the other husband and stuff like that. I'm sure it's going to be something. Like I'm that. sorry, what? Well, what was that scenario? No. It's the. That's uh, fine. Don't clarify. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. Right. But then, yeah, it just looks like it's going to be very interesting. Who's the book. author, did you say? Uh, Chris, Kristen Arnett. Kristen or not. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't even known anything she's done, but I'm very curious to check it out. Anytime you get black comedy, that's right up my alleyway. So I'm, you know, my eyes always perk up a little bit at that. So okay. hope it's going to be good. And hope we got like a nice little death at a funeral vibe maybe in there. So we're, we're going to see. It sounds great. Um, okay, so a book. This is considered like a new summer read. It just came out a couple days ago. I already grabbed it. I'm probably three quarters of the way through it. So I can recommend Mind Bending. It's called Recursion by oh. Blake Crouch. I heard of this, but for different reasons, I haven't read it. So. Well, so he has written a bunch of books. He wrote that Wayward Pine Who's trilogy. Who's it by Blake, Blake Crouch? Blake Crouch. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he did that Wayward Pines trilogy, which were great books, which I think they made into a show, they which failed. 
world. Terrible show. Yes. Yeah. Don't don't judge the books on the show. And then he wrote this other book called Dark Matter. Oh, Read that's it. a TV show too. Is it? Yeah, they made that. I think Sci-Fi Channel Whoa, did that. Oh, that's a weird book. I'd love to see that's how they actually sci-fi did that. That's the Sci-Fi one, right? Like it's super sci-fi. Oh yeah, no, it's super sci-fi. Oh yeah, they definitely it's made like a show time about travel. That. Okay, well, this one is a mind-bending thriller. It's kind of probing the power of memory as reality starts to literally crumble in it. Um, but it was already acquired for a huge deal last October. Netflix announced that Shonda Rhimes and Matt Reeves would jointly adapt it. One is a movie. And one is a series. I actually like, know what? both of those names, and they are both really good at what they do. Matt Reeves is the guy behind the Planet of the Apes trilogy and such. But it's crazy that it's going to be a movie and a, a TV show. It's not the only one doing that. Amazon has uh, The Dark Tower. They're doing that as well. They're doing movies and TV series. Really. I mean, it's crazy. Like like Crouch said, he's like, this isn't a two-hour movie, you know, because it needs to be longer. So that works for TV. He's sure. like, but it feels bigger than the small screen, too. So I guess that it works to kind of come out for, for both. But a, a quick um, summary of the book is that it's about like that memory makes reality. So there's a New York City cop, Barry Sutton, and he's kind of learning that as he investigates this devastating phenomenon that the media has dubbed false memory syndrome, which is a mysterious affliction that drives its victims mad with memories of lives that they've never lived. And then there's a neuroscientist, Helena, and she understands the power of memory and she's kind of been dedicating her life to creating a technology that is gonna help us preserve our memories. Um, which she kind of starts because her mom is slipping into dementia. So this is where the whole thing starts, you know, but of course that kind of turns oh, into, yeah. into something else. So as he's searching for the truth, he comes face to face with an opponent more terrifying than any disease, which is this force that attacks not just our minds, but the very fabric of our past. Mm. So then it's them kind of working together to to maybe defeat this. But yeah, no, it's a it's a dope book. It took me a minute to kind of wrap my mind around the science part of it. It's always like, a little okay, mumbo jumbo-y. Especially when it involves time in any sense. I feel like I've brought this up before, but anytime that time is not linear for me or it gets a little confusing when, when you're kind of jumping. But Oh, it's like, yeah, big ones like Avengers Endgame this year. There's a whole lot of timey-wimey stuff going on. Okay, there. yeah. And it is. It's confusing even if you're paying attention to it. So, yeah, yeah. time can be a, it's a rough one, but it sounds like it's going to be a cool story. Oh, no, it sounds super cool. Or I sounds smell super a cool. twist it is in cool. there. <laughs> as I'm reading it. Um, okay, so what else do you think sounds good? I got another fun one. Ooh, you ready for it? I guess. All right, it's called The Whisper Man by Alex North. The Whisper heard? Man. Yeah, I'm sorry, I can just do it like this. Uh, please, yeah, it doesn't work in podcasts. It's an audio medium. Come on, we got to pay attention. All right, so it is the poignant and terrifying tale of a traumatized father, mm. a four-year-old son, and the serial killer that's going around Praying on their town. Oh, we got a crime thriller here, yep. people. Summertime thriller. There's not a whole lot more about what the plot is, but frankly, what more do you need? That sounds like a cool little story. <laughs> I, I, like, I'm in. I'm hooked. I like the idea that there's three different uh, tales going on. I'm, you know, I hope that the four-year-old doesn't have like a POV. I think that'd be a little weird. But I am curious to see who's going to be the kind of quote-unquote main character here, because I got a feeling it's going to end up being the serial killer a little bit. Oh, I do. I like that. So, I like when they take the dark narrator. Yeah, so that could be cool. Um, it's also been optioned by the Russo brothers, uh, speaking of Endgame. Uh, wow, is every book we're going to talk about already becoming something? Apparently. Apparently they're all good if they're already throwing millions of dollars in big Hollywood directors at them. So. Um, but it sounds like a really
really cool premise. I always like the idea of uh, you know serial killer in the background can either be a, a dark presence or a good like focusing force on it. So okay, I was like a good what? Like, you know, it's good to focus on it sometimes. A lot sure, of good sure. movies where the serial killer star American Psycho, one of my favorite movies yes. of all time, is exactly that premise. So that's true. So I think it's going to be very curious to see how it's going to turn out. You know, I hope it's a little hope it's a little lighter, quote unquote, like a little more on the dark comedy side. But if it goes full on. You're Full in on it darkness, too. it's fine by You're me. You're in it too. Everybody loves crime books. I feel like you can't really go wrong with those. Um, Not really. Also, another book that I feel like people are going to devour is the um, City of Girls by Elizabeth Gilbert. She is the the woman who wrote Eat, Pray, Love that really took oh. the world by storm, which I never read because I thought it seemed kind of like a little too light, like a little too much like a chiclet, let's say. But then, you yeah. know, a friend recently told me that it was actually pretty good. So I think I might grab that and then think about getting City of Girls. Um, but the, so this new novel Im, uh, immerses readers in the bustle of the fo- 1940s in New York City. And it's about 19-year-old Vivian Morris, and she's just been kicked out of Vassar College. Um, just because of her lackluster freshman year performance. Um, and now her affluent parents send her to Manhattan to live with her aunt, who owns this really flamboyant but crumbling midtown theater called Lily Playhouse. And there she's introduced to, you know, a bunch of, I mean, crazy characters, I'm sure, from like showgirls to sexy male actors, as a grand dame actress, a lady killer writer, mm. um, on and on. But so it's kind of about that and it leads to like, you know, the ideas of freedom and what you have to do to pursue it and following the love of your life and things like that. And I, the character now, Vivian, is um, 89 years old and she's kind of telling this story. So I think it's probably going to have like a going in the past and back to the present, which I really like when there's different timelines in books. They're going full, uh, full Titanic with the story. huh? Yeah, maybe. And I would not be surprised. I haven't read anything about this being um, picked up or adapted, but everything does. I mean, because she's so popular, I think E. Pray Love the movie probably did well enough. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. Probably Julia Roberts is going to pick it up. That's usually how things go. They find a an author that they like and they start picking up all that's their Reese books. That's Reese Witherspoon now. She's just like, she That's all she all. does. Yeah, that's literally what her whole production company does. It's worked out for her pretty yeah, well so far. It definitely has. But yeah, so City of Girls. What a weird time frame to set that in the 40s. That's, you know, I, don't, I hate to tell them, but there's about to be, there's a storm on the horizon. There is. Well, I read something with the author and she was just like, she was like, you know, I was thinking about it and I was like, I don't, I haven't read a lot of books about it, and I'm just so interested in this time frame and, she like, what read, New York City has – well, like, New York City in that time. Like, I was about to say, like, she hasn't read any books about the 40s. No, like, there's like, plenty of them. There's no. literally <laughs> unlimited amount of content about that time. But I think she's taken a, a different direction. So. I would hope so. Should be good. Okay. It'd be fun. Yeah, check it out. Eat, pray, love in the 40s. I like that. That's a, that's a good pitch. <laughs> There's, there's something just, I'm I think we just wrote her sequel for her just, right there. Just pick another book. All right. I'm going to go with uh, How Could She? Uh, How Could She? By Lauren Meachling. Meachling. Okay. I, have, I don't know who that is, but she sounds like, but for her book option here, it sounds like it's going to be pretty cool. So this book deals with one of my favorite topics, which is failure. <laughs> so this book covers three 30-something friends in New York City. You okay? I was swallowing my tea, you jerk. You okay over there? That was came on my nose. <laughs> oh, that's great audio right there. For <laughs> great. <laughs> so it's about three 30-something friends in New York City. 
dealing with seemingly successful lives that in reality aren't really living up to their expectations due to mediocre apartments, marital strife, and the gradual disintegration of their job, which is, you know, print, which, you know, uh, it's a bad time to be in print. So It's always interesting to write about that in yeah. a book so, being printed. You know, as you get older, stuff doesn't always work out the way you expect it, and it can be a little upsetting and annoying at times. So I'm very curious to see what's going to be like a funner, more interesting take in New York City on people who seemingly have it all going. It's an old story. They have it all going, but it's not really true under the surface. Mm -hmm. But usually makes for a pretty good narrative, pretty interesting to read. And if they're going to make it like more of a comedy edge, I'm kind of digging that idea. All the books that you, you just keep hoping they have a comedy edge. I do. <laughs> it's summertime. I don't want to. Like, last summer I was doing like nothing but Cormac McCarthy during the summertime. Yeah, and it was... It's a little dark, man. I needed that's to get out of that headspace a little bit. That's definitely dark. But, you know, go check it out. Uh, you know, hopefully it gets the same reaction when you're reading it that Michelle had to hearing about it. No, that, spitting it, tea everywhere. That actually hurt a little bit. <laughs> um, one that I want to recommend uh, sounds really beautiful. It's called On Earth, We're Briefly Gorgeous. Which is a fantastic uh, title. It's my title. I should be title my biography right there. <laughs> but, and is, the author's name is Ocean Vyong. Everything Great about name. that is amazing. Great name. On Earth, We're Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Vyong. Mm. Mm -hmm. So he is an award-winning poet, and a lot of authors have come forth already that are huge fans of the book that got early copies, like uh, Celeste Ning. Um, she had a couple uh, huge books that they're optioning into movies, Little Fires Everywhere. Um, and this is, but this is uh, his debut as a book, and it's about the, I guess the power and limits of love, which is framed around a letter that a queer man in his 20s writes to his mother. So he writes this letter to his mother who can't read, so which is really interesting. And it's written when the speaker is in his late 20s and the letter unearths a family's history that began before he was born but the, which is really rooted in Vietnam, which is where they emigrated from and serves as a doorway into parts of his life and you know things that his mother never knew and leads to really unforgettable revelations throughout. So I think this is going to be really deep and powerful, um, kind of the idea of telling one's own story and not being silent anymore. So I think this is going to end up being really popular and really beautiful. It could be. Very I mean, curious. with that title, it better be. That title, that author that title, name. that title's killing it. Those themes. Anytime Those themes. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you're busting out love is your main theme, it's always good. Yeah, let's do let's just do a couple more here. Okay. Uh you know what? I'm gonna go with a double author book here, which boom, I'm boom. positive is gonna be turned into something. This is how you lose the time war. Great thing. We all need to know this for the upcoming time wars. It's yeah, that's a this is a sci fi book, I assume. I would hope so. If it's not, that's a you need to change that title because <laughs> you're sending people the wrong direction. So it is written by Amal El Matar. Oh, I probably screwed that up, but I'm sorry. And Max Gladstone. Oh, so, wait, I'm supposed to go, nailed it. Thank you. <laughs> See, you're paying attention to the show. You're a fan. Barely. It's our next T-shirt, which you can pick up, folks. <laughs> so this book is got an interesting premise behind it. It's obviously about a time war because, you know. That's, yeah, that I actually, their sense. names are familiar as sci-fi authors. Oh, okay, good. Well, good then. See, you're ahead of me on the game already. Thank you. Um, but the way their little gimmick of it is they write alternating sections. Each author basically writes half of the book around the same narrative. So the two sides That's of a cool. war, two sides of this war, two people who, you know, 
even though they're on the opposite sides, they're in like they just keep getting drawn to each other, kind of like in a you know sliding doors kind of time loop scenario. It seems like no matter what they do, it just kind of brings them back together just in different ways. Okay. And the fact that they have the authors basically writing two separate books that are literally affecting each other. I'm curious how that's going to go because I'd imagine they probably have different writing styles, which is always makes it interesting because, you know, you can get sometimes authors, if you get the same voice, if it's not a great voice, it just kind of drones on, gets yeah. boring. It's interesting to see if they can do two separate ones that just kind of bounce off each other. So, And I, if it's got sci-fi, you know I'm already I'm already uh, interested and in it. I had, um, like, I think there was a group of five of us friends that lived in different states, then we would write a story like part of it and then email it and then the next person in the line would continue the story and on and on until we had like a long story which was a really interesting thing to read with different people's voices yeah it's like you're like okay like i wouldn't have gone in this direction but now i have to because that's the way it went so i'm very interested to have the two authors on there it's the old simpsons purple monkey dishwasher basically so just like tell somebody we'll see where it goes such a cool idea i wish more people would do it like that Oh, yeah. I mean, and who knows? Maybe maybe they will. Maybe. Looking at you, Stephen King. Get somebody to do your um, endings, my man. Can't always be aliens. <laughs> Is that what happens? That's what I use I nine-tenths really, of the time. I don't actually yeah. really, really read Stephen King. but You're, you're probably better off I like for the that. movies. The movies um, are great. The books I can't wait. Can I just say that the second It... Oh, yeah. Oh, that looks great. It looks so good. Everything he, you know, his movies, man. Say what you will about the stories, but the ideas behind them. You put somebody with some talent making that movie got some good stuff you got some going good stuff. um i'm gonna do my last one just because it's on my list like this came up and i'm like this sounds good to me so maybe you're like me it's called the warehouse by rob hart he he's an author of these um ash mckenna crime books that maybe people are familiar with another great name ash mckenna yeah that is a good Rolls character off name. The um but i think he's really poised for a breakout with the warehouse it's a dystopian tale Yep. Which explores capitalism run amok. Amok. <laughs> and surprisingly, it was acquired at auction in April 2018 by Ron Howard's um, Imagine Entertainment. And oh he is boy. expected to direct the film. Mm. L- a little nervous. Sometimes he's great. No, Ron Howard's usually. Sometimes. The movie's going to be well made. Whether it's going to be a good movie, that's more of a debate. It's, but it's it, going to look nice at least. So the, and Bryce Dallas Howard will be in it, so that'll be good. I do like when she pops up and stuff, but the, it's about Paxton, and he, who um, never thought that he would work for Cloud, which is a giant tech company that's eaten much of the American economy, um, mm. and he ends up moving into the company's sprawling live work facilities, and you know I don't want I don't want to like really give too much away. I feel like this is a good book to kind of come into um, blind. But really, it's about him and other characters kind of discovering how far the company will go, you know, under the caveat of making the world a better place. Mm. But that's not usually. It's not. No, it's not how it's going to You might go. have good intentions, but, you know, dystopian technology, you know it's going bad. Yeah, there's usually some V for Vendetta stuff going on right under the surface. But there. to have been picked up already for a movie, I mean, they have to be pretty interesting themes that they think are really going to resonate with people to have grabbed these. So at, at least something that he thinks he can make into a decent movie. So Yeah, totally. So I think I, I think that's it. I think we ran out of time. I, we always run out of time. I'm we have, so we have, honestly... I'm going to say 20 more books on the list that we didn't talk about. You, know, you can always write <laughs> us on Twitter, and then we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and let you know what we're going to do next. Yes, it's true. We can do that. Hit us up. That's a good um, 
that's a good segue. So I'll just say follow us on Twitter I, at All Booked Up Pod, where you know you we can chit chat with the both of us mostly Michelle because she doesn't post as many gifts as I do. I get mad when Jacob posts a lot of things. He gets scolded then. He gets angry text messages. So um, I, it's I usually it's usually me. But uh, what else can you plug up for us? Well, I mean, real quick, I just want to plug. If if you guys have some extra time, go check out Good Omens on Prime. Check out the book. There's a petition going around by some people who are calling it sacrilegious. So. They want to take it off the air for that reason, but it's Why? just because the devil and God are hanging out. Is that not, what it is? It's not oh, the it's, devil; it's angels. It's angels. Oh, they're and angels and yeah. demons. Yeah, but right. yeah, I read that book, um, and I blocked it out because I hated it so much. The show's really fun, but it's mostly because it stars Michael Sheen and David Tennant. You sure. put those two in something, it's gonna be just just. Well, then I hope the lovely. petition doesn't work. But you know where you can pick that up. You can pick it up at all 37 branches of the Buffalo and Erie County Public Library. <laughs> Swing by and tell us you want it. If we don't have it at that one because somebody else is reading it, just, you know, we'll get it for you. We got it all over here. Anything you want. It's we also have very a very detailed explanation. <laughs> we also have a bookmobile that's driving around that can bring you some books as well. So go check all of that out, folks. All right. Cool, cool, cool. And a couple things about summer in case you don't know. Do you know what the dog days of summer really refers to, Jacob? I wish I did. Psh, you're about to. It refers to the weeks between July 3rd and August 11th, mm. and they're named after the dog star, which is Sirius. Um, I thought that was Keanu Reeves' band. It is. Oh. Also, so now it's going to be super popular, <laughs> um, which is in the Canis Major Constellation. And the ancient Greeks blamed Sirius for the hot temperatures, drought, discomfort, and sickness that occurred during the summer. Thus, we got the dog days of summer. Okay. That makes sense. I wish we could get to them. That's I wouldn't a, even mind yeah, them right Yeah, it'd be now. great. <laughs> Let's get I'll to them. Get some starvation and disease for some 90 degree, 80 degree weather. That's not it. what I meant. Twisting my well, words. I'm just saying I will make that sacrifice at this <sighs> anyway, point. Anyway, did you know in the summertime that the Eiffel Tower grows? Hello. Whoa. Yes. So it's made of iron and thus metal expands with heat. So as a result, yeah. the Eiffel Tower can grow more than six inches in hot weather. Isn't oh, that crazy? That is pretty cool, actually. I, I guess, yeah, that makes sense by physics, doesn't it? Explain. By physics, it does. But that's a really cool thing to think about. And finally, Frisbees, invented in the 1870s, was actually a pie plate. But in the 1940s, college students began just throwing these pie plates around because they bored. Um, and then they stopped being used as pie plates and just uh, became the summertime staple yeah. of Frisbee. Walter D. Frisbee, a friend of the show, of course, decided, you know what I can do? I can sell these things to kids. And he did. And history is made. <laughs> there you go. For the record, by the way, oh. Frisbees still work as plates. So, you know. This, if you're on the beach and you got no plate, you 100%. I'm just saying, you've got to use things to their full, um, take full advantage of what they do. Okay, words to live by from Jacob. All right, thanks so much for listening, everyone, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye.